up the good work, Dad, and stay flat, okay? Okay, I'm a flat earther. Okay, we're back. Thank you for uh, sticking with us. If you're joining us from the last debate, that was um, that was a hell of an ending to a uh, a show. Let me tell you, when um, when Sigart and Oren both appear uh, at a debate where Kent Hoven was supposed to be there but wasn't, it's a good night. Um, Godless Engineer, how goes it? Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, uh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm excited for tonight. Uh, Fight the Flat Earth versus uh, Nathan Thompson. And uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty excited for this. Excellent. And let's say hello to uh, our two guests then, um, joining us back actually from last week. You both were on uh, last week, uh, Fight the Flat Earth and Nathan Thompson. How are you, gentlemen? Not not doing bad. Um, still reeling from the events of the week where uh, my I got porn bombed during one of my streams. Yeah, I, I heard about it. So uh, YouTube wouldn't, wouldn't reverse that? No, no. They basically said it's 90 days strike and nothing I can do about it. I don't think I'm important enough for them to worry. Hmm. So Jeez. I've just got to deal with it. But luckily, I've got an amazing community behind me, so it's all good. Yeah, you're running Red's channel now, right? Yeah. So that's good. That turned out, uh, that turned out well. Uh, okay, and yeah, if you're joining us from the last... Uh, the the super chats that you guys sent in for the from the last show I'll read at the uh, at the very end after we get through with this show um, I didn't want you guys to think uh, I forgot about that but we just had to it, it got up to the wire and we had to close out okay so um, I guess uh, between the two of you who wants to start or do you have a preference hey Nathan can start I know exactly why I'm here okay and uh, I'm gonna be eating a little piece of pizza guys because I didn't have time in between shows, so just excuse that. Uh, Nate, whenever you're ready, you can uh, start making your case. Cool. So my name's Nathan Thompson. I run the official Flat Earth and Globe discussion on Facebook. There's about 120,000 members on there. No cursing, no insults. So unlike my opponent here, I don't have a predisposition to the truth. I'm searching for whatever the truth is. Um, and I'm unbiased in that truth. I'm not trying to fight the globe earth. I wasn't trying to fight the flat earth when I first heard about it. I just wanted to know the truth. And so after doing my own experiments for about three years, I've moved more into the activism part and sharing the truth of flat earth with people. The truth is incontrovertible. Malice may attack it, ignorance may deride it, but in the end, there it is. And the definition of insanity is the inability to perceive reality. So what my argument is, is that the globe earth fairy tale was invented to control people's minds. It's fabricated top to bottom. There is no proof of it. Anyone who has eyes to see and ears to hear is going to hear the truth tonight. And I'm going to start making my case for the flat earth, starting with, the second law of thermodynamics, uh, heat moves from hot to cold. If the earth had a 9,000 degree core, eventually the surface would heat up. Also, according to the second law of thermodynamics, uh, high pressure moves to low pressure. Um, so my argument is that you can't have a pressure 
atmosphere uh, resting next to a 10-tor vacuum without a container. Uh, abyssal planes cover half the ocean's floor. Those are flat. Accelerometers have motion detectors in your phone called an accelerometer. Those have never shown movement of Earth ever, and they're actually calibrated on a level plane. The Federal Airline Administration's target generation facility is a simulator for training pilots and air traffic controllers. It assumes a flat and stationary Earth, and they actually, in the software, say that they uh, uh, don't account for a gravity vector. So Elias effect debunks the Foucault pendulum because uh, they don't work during eclipses. Every ancient civilization knew the Earth was flat. They weren't idiots. They didn't need to go to public schooling to figure out where they live. They used the sky as a perfect clock and a perfect map. Angler size of Mercury being 3,000 miles in diameter, um, even at its closest point to Earth at 70 million miles, would be impossible to see based on uh, its angular perspective. Uh, the Antarctica, all pictures of it curve like a perimeter, not like an island. The Antarctic Treaty, um, uh, you know, just a lot of uh, interesting things going on with that, that we aren't allowed to independently investigate Antarctica. There's videos of astronauts drowning in space. Uh, um, astrolabes were created to detect uh, all the motion and plan all the motion for the heavenly or celestial bodies. And those were invented before anyone even thought the Earth was a globe or before the first globe was even created. Barde Krenz is the world record photograph. It's uh, over 270 miles. So it would be impossible, even from the elevation, the photograph was taken on a globe Earth. Bedford levels a world record and repeated experiment. The God's word actually supports a flat stationary Earth. Um, so if anyone thinks they know more about creation than God, I call them a fool to their face. But Big Dipper has two stars that always point towards Polaris. There is no parallax. The Bolivian salt flats are 4,000 square miles of flat surface. Bridges and plumb bobs don't account for curvature. If you put a plumb bob on each side of a bridge, they're always parallel to each other and perpendicular to the floor. Buoyancy and density is really all you need to describe things rising up or down. This magnetic-like attraction that gravity is supposed to have with all objects attracting all other objects has never been proven. Centrifugal force would debunk uh, gravity because things should weigh drastically different at the poles than they do at the equator, but a five-pound weight is relatively five pounds everywhere on Earth. All we get from NASA is CGI globes, CGI satellites, and CGI pictures of the South Pole. Circumnavigation's done east to west or west to east, works perfectly flying on a flat Earth. Cold moonlight, and not just cold, but putrefying, bluish silver, and it's damp. Sunlight is yellow, hot, and preserving. It's how we make beef jerky. It's a complete opposite energy. That's where we get the yin and yang from. The yin and yang symbol's actually a flat Earth map. Constellations never change. We wouldn't even name constellations if there was parallax. Makes absolutely no sense if we're blasting 20 million miles a day through space. Coriolis doesn't happen according to the sniper manual. Crepuscular rays prove the sun is small and localized. In order to have a daytime full moon, it would have to be self-illuminating because the sun on the globe model is 90 million miles behind the moon. So if anyone thinks that a sun, which is 90 million miles behind the moon, is illuminating the face of the moon, we got to talk. Um, and then the equinoxes were off by almost six dates, uh, six days this year. Emergency airplane landings make way more sense on a flat Earth. The horizon's always eye level. Famous explorer expeditions like Picard, uh, who was the first person in the stratosphere, said it was flat. That was published in Popular Science in 1931.
check out Captain Cook's uh, journey around Antarctica. It took three years, over 60,000 miles. Um, Antarctica and the North Pole have completely different vegetation and animal life. Uh, just research fauna and flora. Um, all the worlds are connected through fiber optic submarine communication cables. So there's no need for satellites, satellites. Okay, Nathan. Nathan, I'm I'm uh, sorry I'm sorry for interrupting, man. But you're you're kind of gish galloping, and uh, FTFE hasn't had a chance to respond to anything that you've said, and you've made a no, lot of uh, points here. So could could maybe FTFE address some of the things that that you know you've said so far? Well, he can address anything he wants, but what I'd really like is proof of Earth's curvature, uh, visible, observable, and repeatable, or Earth's movement, visible, repeatable, and observable. Um, or I'd like yeah, proof well, that's of easy. gravitational. Or I'd like proof of gravitational right. orbit. So if it's so easy, then we'll sit back and we'll let the audience. Yeah, that, that's all quite easy. Yeah. All right. Well, let me let me let me say why I'm here to start with. First of all, um, I'm not here to have a debate, Nathan, because a debate with you isn't possible because you don't understand anything. So you're not going to get anything from a debate. I'm here to literally show everyone how stupid you are. That's pretty much all this is about. You are one of the main reasons that I started my channel because your flat earth group is nothing but an echo chamber that you and your mods instantly ban people from the second that they try to question or engage in any kind of conversation. So um, yeah, the first thing I wanna say is, let's not say anything about God because nowhere in the Bible does it say the earth is flat. So let's just leave that out of it completely. But every single point that you brought up, you realize has been completely debunked everywhere. Is there anything new that you have apart from these proofs that you've learned whilst bouncing a golf ball and a sledgehammer for some reason? Like, is there any, any actual hard evidence that you can give me for a flat earth? Just give me one thing that we can talk about right now that, that you, you see as your hard evidence for the, for the earth being flat so that I can tell you how fucking stupid you are. I was just going through all the list of proofs the Earth was yeah, flat. Yeah, give me one. Yeah, Nathan, Nathan, listen to the words coming out of my mouth. Give me one. Yeah, okay, it's, it, Nathan, it's, it, it, it's best just to handle them one at a time instead of like throwing them yeah. all out there. So if we could I'll just like this focus on again, one at a time, and I would like a direct good. answer, okay? Listen to the words coming out of my mouth and focus. What is your one biggest proof that the Earth is flat? One. Go. Well, they teach in schools that the Earth's surface is covered in over 70% water, and large bodies of water have no curvature or convexity. They actually make mirrors and glass on large bodies of liquid molten metal because all liquids, when undisturbed, are flawlessly flat. You could look at a specular reflection. You could take a laser out to a large body of water. You could do a sight distance test with a infrared camera, which would be best, or a high zoom binoculars or high zoom camera. Also, the frozen lakes don't have any um, humps in the middle of them. When they freeze over, they're frozen flat. The geographic range table from the U.S. Coast Guard lists. Sight right, so sorry. So again, what's your one? What is your one proof here? What is your one point here? Yeah, he just wants one. You're, you're just spouting off a load of stuff. What is your what? The water is flat. Well, I spent a decade in the navy, and I can tell you for a fact that water isn't flat. There's a there's a horizon for a reason. 
Nathan, there's a horizon for a reason because you can't see things over the horizon. All right, so why is there horizon on a flat earth in the first place? So on a flat earth, do you think we would just be able to see forever and ever and ever? Well, there certainly wouldn't be a defined horizon at a calculatable distance, that's for sure. So what, it would just be like a blurry area? Of... Pretty much, yeah. Argument? There's I mean, no what, do, do you think our eyes just stop seeing at a certain distance? Why is there a horizon on a flat earth that is calculatable and that increases based on your height? We can't see forever. It's called perspective. So you, you're not super... No. You Sorry, what do you mean we can't see forever? We can see whatever light is coming towards us. Have you ever heard of pyramid vision or perspective? Yeah, I can tell you exactly what the actual formula for angular perspective is. So, yes, I very much have heard of perspective. Okay, great. Not so whatever you're, you're going to say what perspective is. I'm still, un I don't understand why you think there would be a defined horizon on a flat earth in the first place. If that's your biggest proof of a flat earth, that that it water looks flat then that's fucking ridiculous because water I didn't most definitely doesn't look flat the fact the fact yeah. about fluids is that they will conform to forces acting upon them so whatever you're saying about water being flat is just ridiculous in the first place but when undisturbed large bodies of water are flawlessly flat i didn't say they look flat. no they're not though you could test them with a laser. You have every, geographic range. Every, no, every actual laser test that's been done properly with actually calibrated equipment has shown a curve. Well, that's not true because I have moderators in my group that tested the Salton Sea after the National Geographic experiment, and it was flat. So um, I'm, I'm curious. If you're just and what, what type of laser did they use? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, hold on, guys. Guys, let's get something clear real quick. You can't talk over each other, all right? You cannot talk over each other. Um, so we, we're going to let Nathan finish the, the question he was getting ready to ask, and then we'll go to you, Fight the Flat Earth. But neither one of you can talk over each other. I don't. Uh, it goes both ways, okay? Uh, Nathan? Yeah, so uh, I don't. my argument is not that it looks flat. It's that it's measurably flat. We have the geographic range table from the U.S. Coast Guard. We can see things that would be impossible on a globe. I've been to New Buffalo and done the Chicago experiment myself. Not just that, but I flew in a helicopter from Kenosha to Chicago and from 52 miles away, we could see the entire skyline. According to your math, according to the globe, which has numbers and numbers can't lie and are verifiable, all we want you to do fight the flat earth is show us proof of curvature. So the floor is yours. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I've done this every time I've come on, but all you have to do is go and look at any of the observations that people have done, like Miles Davis. You can go and do the observations yourself that quite clearly show things being below where they should. Let me ask you a question. If you have a, um, a line of sight and something is 210 meters above sea level, but then you can see behind that something that's 500 meters above sea level is below that, then that is quite clearly observable curvature. And can you, and you can go and do those observations yourself. Dude, you could stand under a street light, which is 20 feet tall, and see a mountain under the street light that's miles away. That doesn't mean the mountain is is going behind curvature or any of that. That just is perspective. The things get smaller No, not when you are looking at directly hold, along hold, hold, a line hold, of hold, sight. Hold, 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 hold. 
and interrupt people. I don't want to have to go to muting people, but right. when when you both jump, like neither one, nobody in the audience can understand what anybody's saying. So it sounds like a garbled mess. So Nate, continue the point that you were uh, that you were making right there, and then we'll go to fight the flat Earth. Yeah. So saying that something really far away is below something that's really near to you is not proof of curvature. That's just proof you don't understand perspective. So right now, for example. I'm standing next to an AT&T building that's 20 feet tall, but a few miles away is the Texas A&M Stadium, and it looks like it's lower than the building I'm next to. That's not proof that a couple miles away is hundreds of feet of curvature, and the Texas A&M Stadium is dipping below the globe Earth curvature. That's just proof you don't understand perspective. That's it. Okay, right. Um, first off, when you have a reference point, which Miles Davis had, that takes away what you're saying. When you have a reference point that is the same height as your point, that will quite clearly remove any of whatever you're saying perspective is. You keep saying that you understand perspective. So Nathan, answer me this question. What is the formula for a perspective? What is the actual formula for angular perspective? Hey, so we're talking about Earth's curvature and seeing things. No, no, no. I'm asking you a direct question. Please. I've asked you a direct question. You keep saying that I don't understand perspective, so I want to make sure that you understand it as well. So can you tell me what the formula for angular perspective is? The mathematical formula? No, I can't give it to you right now, but I can tell you the farther things oh. are, the smaller they get. I mean, Right. So, so, so what you're saying is you don't know what perspective is. No, I do. I just because don't know the formula. No, no. You, with, with respect, Nathan, you don't know what perspective is because I can use the formula and use that formula to calculate exactly how big things should look based on how far away they are. So well, there it. is actually a mathematical formula for perspective that you can use to back up things that I'm saying. And when you have a reference point, like in Miles Davis's video, that quite clearly allows you to use the angular perspective formula to see how far away things are. Okay, so, so your argument for curvature is Miles Davis proved it and I can go, go do the experiment myself. That's your argument. Not just Miles Davis, there's so many, many other observations like that. So it's, my, my point here is that you say there's no observable curvature. Well, yes, there is because there it is. It's so. Not don't don't tell me there's no observable curvature when there's quite clearly observable curvature. It's a measurable curvature. And on that, Kyle, I don't know if I'm going to need 60 seconds of this guy not saying anything, but the most common form of light refraction is downward. The moisture in the air causes a downward refraction of light. This in turn causes the apparent height. What is seen of an object to appear lower than the actual height. That means if the Earth were a globe, the object would be even less likely to be visible over the curve due to refraction, not more likely. A further consequence of the lensing effect of the atmosphere is that it magnifies distant objects and causes the bottoms of those distant objects to appear cut off from view. Many misinterpret the missing bottoms of the buildings and ships to be caused by Earth's curvature, not realizing it's due to a lensing effect in the atmosphere. The proof 
that the missing bottoms are due to an atmospheric lensing effect is in fact that often the objects observed should not even be able to be seen at all if the earth were a globe as it should be completely below the horizon so <coughs> that's what's going on with the atmosphere is it's giving the illusion of curvature but okay if i can, can respond to that um yeah, first ahead. off what are you reading that from this is from the greatest lie on earth by edward Henry. oh right okay so nothing important then right never mind right let, let's um i i i thought that you would bring up the refraction thing and I thought I'd explain to you how refraction works because refraction makes light bend downwards which makes you be able to see further over the curve now I drew this as child's drawing that I hope you can understand you see if you are over the curve and summits here right the light for it will be coming up here but if it bends the light down I'm, I'm talking can you shush when I'm talking I can't see you. I'm trying to see whatever you're pointing at or talk. Kyle, can you get him on right. the screen for me? Uh, Dave will have to make him uh, bigger so that you can see what he's, what he's drawing. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't trying to interrupt. Just want to see what you're pointing at. All right, okay, All right. So light would normally go straight up, okay? But when the light bends down, it allows you to see what is further over the curve. It makes it appear higher than it should. That's how refraction works, Nathan, not whatever you think it is. It's a very, very, very simple concept that I don't know why I have to keep explaining it to flat earthers over and over. Um, my drawing skills are not fantastic, but frankly, crayons and stuff is probably best to explain things to you in the first place. So does that drawing explain to you how refraction actually works? Okay, what it explains to me is that you think refraction is bringing things above the curvature of the earth. And what my argument is, is it's actually, and you admit refraction brings things down. So let me, let's get more into refraction real quick. As light enters earth's atmosphere, the, the longer wavelengths travel through the atmosphere and the shorter wavelengths get stuck in the atmosphere now my question to you fight the flat earth is what has a longer wavelength a red light or a green light well a <clears throat> wait red wave white light has a wavelength of about 500 nanometers um green is significantly shorter isn't it significantly so, shorter great good you knew yeah. that excellent so have you ever heard of the green flash effect fight the flat earth yes Okay, and so on a globe, if the sun was going behind Earth's curvature, the, the rays from the sun would be intersecting the atmosphere, and what would get slowed down first? The purple, blue, and the green? Or the red, the orange, and the yellow, like the flat Earth? So, what has an easier time getting through so you're saying which of the colors will get bent down first exactly well, exactly what well think about why well think about why we get a blood moon like we had recently why does that happen that answers your question nothing to do with what i'm talking about okay if the earth were a globe what colors would get bent down first 
if the sun were going behind the curvature? Well, the ones so with the short wavelength. The ones with the short wavelengths. Now, what has a longer wavelength, the red or the green light? The 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 green has a oh, sorry, the red has a 500 nanometers one. Longer. So the red would get through and the green would get stuck first. Now, the green flash, does it happen on top of the sun or does it happen below the sun? Fight the flat earth? Uh, well, they happen, they happen the because, um, well, the green flashes occur because the earth's atmosphere caused the light to reflect the, the sun to separate out into the different colors, right? Exactly, but my argument is, is the shorter wavelengths on a globe would get stuck behind with a thicker atmosphere and the sun behind the curvature. But what's really happening is the sun is above the horizon. And so the red, the yellow, and the orange get through and you get the colors for the sun on the bottom of the green flash, which takes place on the top of the sun. And because the purple and the blue and the green are being slowed down by the particles in the atmosphere first. So unequivocally and irrefutably, the green flash effect proves the sun is above the horizon if you understand wavelengths and it sounds like you do. So I'd love to hear your argument about how the green is appearing above the sun if all those colors would be being slowed down first uh, on a globe model. Well, with a slight magnification, a green rim on the top of a solar disk may be seen on most clear day sunsets, although the flash or ray effects require a stronger layering of the atmosphere and a mirage, which serves to magnify the green from a fraction of a second to a couple of seconds. Nathan, that took me five and a half seconds of just Googling what you're on about. Do you not know how to use the Google machine? Okay, if your brain is just Googling things and having Google tell you the answer. Well, I wanted to give you the actual explanation, Nathan. Nathan, you've just asked me how these things work. So I have given you an explanation. All right? Uh, okay, well, well the, the place I get the information from will be the same place that you get the information from, Nathan. So can you tell me why you're not able to Google that yourself and just find the simple answer to the simple questions? The fact is you don't understand the physics of how light work and how it interacts with the atmosphere. Now, again, as I explained to you, refraction in the atmosphere will normally cause things that the atmosphere to the, the light to bend down, which as my diagram quite clearly shows, will make you see things further than you should be able to it brings things above the horizon for you because the light is bending down to you. Now, there is going to be different wavelengths separating out in different ways, which is why you get the fantastic colors at sunsets. But most of the light is still getting through and the sun is quite clearly going behind the horizon. Well, technically the earth's moving, you know, spinning away from, from the sun. Now, you can tell that this is the fact because the sun doesn't change in its angular size throughout the day. If, if the sun was small and local, then it would change in its angular size throughout the day. Um, and not only that, but other observations about the sun, simple, simple observations, like when you're at the equator and you're getting towards sunset, um, the last few minutes of sunset are like, boom, and the sun's gone. But when you're closer to the pools, to the poles, sorry, it, it's much more gradual and fading out. And that is explained by the geometry of us being on a sphere. 
So the fact that the sun doesn't change in angular size and that you can observe different types of sunsets from where you are based on your latitude on the Earth disprove what you're saying about the sun being small and local. You also mentioned corpuscular rays. Now, I've actually got some, uh, some photographs that I want to get um, better ones of as we were driving past some corpuscular rays. Uh, in, uh, in Scotland, the area that I live, um, in, uh, it's near the Firth of Forth, and there's mountains on both sides. So we get some fantastic cloud breaks here, and there's always corpuscular rays. So it's easy to drive past them. And as you drive past the corpuscular rays, you can see that they go from being spread out to straight and then spread out again as you go past because they're not small and local. Light rays are coming in from a faraway source. And based on where you're looking at them, actually how perspective works, you know, the fact that the corpuscular rays change based on where you are show that the sun isn't small and local and traceable back to the one point from where you're looking at the corpuscular rays. So there's okay, my that? answer to your thing about the sun. What's well, the answer to that? Nathan? Okay, so according to the globe model, which I really need to see proof of gravitational orbits before we assume everything's flying around each other in perpetual motion. But uh, summer solstice, we're 3 million miles farther from the sun, and winter solstice, we're 3 million miles closer. And that's allegedly because of a 66.6 or a 23.4 degree tilt of the Earth, whatever you want to call it. But you believe that we're 3 million miles closer to the sun during the winter time and the Earth's tilt compensates for how much closer we are, 3 million miles? Is, is that what you believe, fight the flat Earth? Well, first off, you completely avoided my question, but that's fine. I absolutely expected that, and that's fantastic. But anyway, um, the seasons are nothing to do with the distance of the sun. Um, I'd probably have to draw you another little kid's diagram because that's the best way to talk to you. You just say um, the seasons have nothing. With the distance yeah, the seasons the have nothing is... to do with the distance from the sun, Nathan, and I'm going to explain to you why. Okay. Right. So while you're drawing that, I just want to mention that daytime temperatures throughout the day uh, vary dr drastically because the sun is small and localized. Not only can you look at the sun at sunrise and sunset and not at high noon, but at high noon, Daytime temperatures are at its highest, and it's drastically hotter than sunrise and sunset, especially at areas around the equator. So that's just another proof that sun's small and localized, but over here, fight the flatters. Well, no, well that's complete nonsense. Right. Um, it's very... <clears throat> right. So imagine, right, this is the sun in the middle, and this is the Earth a different six months apart in its orbit, okay? So at one point, you've got, you're gonna have summer up here because as the Earth is tilting towards the sun, the sun rays have less area to cover. But over here, the same point will have winter because as the sun rays come in, they've actually got a larger area of the Earth to cover, which is, why you get the difference in winter and the summer because it's the amount of energy per square mile that the sun is able to put over that amount of land so it's not actually to do with the distance away from the sun that you are it's more to do with the tilt of the sun because obviously the tilt maintains its distance its um orientation to the sun as it goes around so it's much more to do with how much of the sunlight has to spread over an area of the earth 
than actually how far away the Earth is from the sun, because that three million miles isn't actually much when you take into account the actual distance. So again, just to clarify, the distance from the sun isn't the reasons why we have the seasons. It's much more to do with how much energy the sun can put over a particular area of the planet at the time. Okay, does that make sense? That's okay, that makes sense, but it's all based on the assumption that the sun has a gravitational pull on the Earth, and the Earth is gravitationally locked, orbiting around the Sun. Now, other than well, it's not an assumption, but sky, carry on. And pointing at the sky and pretending that's how everything works is with gravity. How do you prove a gravitational orbit on Earth? Well, you're talking about scaling down something, right? So you want me to be able to scale down, say, the solar system and show you that working in the laboratory. Is that what you're asking? I'm asking you to show me proof of gravitational orbits. Well, the proof of gravitational orbits is quite easily observed when you look at the universe around you. What you're asking me is, does mass attract mass, right? No, because mass attracting mass would make all things stick together. And this same theory that makes mass attract mass is the theory that everything orbits around each other in perpetual motion sideways or horizontally whatever, however you want to look at it but it's in my opinion a vain religious superstition to think that gravity causes things to stick to the surface of earth but also causes all the planets in heaven to rotate around each other not just in perfect synchronous orbits but year after year and we can use them as a clock and a map so they've been navigating with a stationary Polaris for over a thousand years, according to the sextant uh, um, that they use. Have you well, let's not with go the with sextant? the sextant argument, Nathan. Let's not do that because I'm a sailor, dude. All right. Sextants were designed to work on a globe. It's, okay. Right. All right, let's, let's just do the sextant for one second, right? Let's just do the sextant for one second because it's such a, a stupid argument. Right, when you're, sorry, again with the, the stupid drawings, right? A sextant works based on your position on the globe. And if you're looking at Polaris, which is up here, based on your latitude, Polaris will be in a certain position. And that's how you would calculate your position on, on the globe. Now, as you go past the southern hemisphere or the past the equator in the southern hemisphere, you have to use different things to actually calculate what you're looking at. But the fact that, when you're at different positions on your latitude around the globe, the degree that the sextant is looking at towards Polaris changes comports with what we are on the globe. If you're on a flat Earth, this whole thing would be squished out and the um, calculated distances from a sextant would be exponentially worse as you got further out. The sextant just doesn't work on a flat Earth. It only works on a globe. A sextant assumes a stationary northern pole star, and it's been stationary for over a thousand years, and you think we're moving 20 million miles a day chasing the sun progressively through space. Yes, Nathan, you have to take into to, to account scale here. Polaris is in alignment with uh, the axis of Earth's rotation, okay? Now, that the fact that us and Polaris are both moving throughout the galaxy at the same time is perfectly understandable. Now, Polaris won't always be the North Star. I'm not um, sure of the exact amount of time. I think it's like in, in like 24,000 years, the North Star will actually shift and it will have shifted and be, be something else because of 
the, our position in space and our actual tilt and the way that we are moving. But there is, it's perfectly understandable how Polaris is always in the same position um, because of it's moving through. Right, think of it this way. All the stars that you see in the sky are a tiny portion of the Milky Way, a tiny portion. And that portion that you're seeing is moving throughout the Milky Way with us. So it's like saying that you are a, a, a microbe on the floor and you're spinning around in a circle, right? But you're looking at something that's on the ceiling. Even though you're spinning around in a circle on the floor, because you're so small, that point on the ceiling is still going to be in the same position. Does so no sense? proof of gravi no proof of gravitational orbits. Just well, sure. the fact that mass attracts mass proves gravitational orbits. Dude, if mass attracts mass, they wouldn't. Everything in the sky would not be floating at perfect distances from each other year after year. Okay, you obviously don't understand what the conservation of momentum is, do you? Oh, please, enlighten. Right, let, let's viewers. let's look at let's look oh. at what an orbit is, Nathan. Right, for instance. The moon orbiting Earth, all right? The moon isn't just going around Earth. What the moon is doing is falling towards Earth. But the fact that it is traveling at a velocity makes it fall and miss the Earth constantly. There's nothing in space to stop that momentum. You know, because every action has an equal and opposite reaction. There is no opposite reaction to stop the velocity of the moon as it's going around us. So it will maintain that constant velocity whilst falling towards Earth. And the reason it falls towards Earth is because mass attracts mass. Simple. Come on. So everything in space is attracting everything else, but the moon has a perfect orbit around Earth because it's perpetually falling in space. That's the conservation of momentum, Nathan, yes. Okay, so no... Why, why would it stop? Why would it stop... Right, if it like, let's just say it is going around. Okay, why would it stop and just come towards the Earth? What is the reason it would stop that movement? Well, according to your theory, mass attracts mass. So, I mean, what stopped yes. it from attracting? It got stuck. It's nothing. The reason it's falling towards Earth is because of the mass attracting mass. So it's still it, that hasn't gone away, Nathan. That is still happening. So I'm going to ask like a third time and then I'll drop it. Do you have any proof of gravitational orbits here on Earth or can you only point at the sky and claim that that's I can proof prove that mass attracts mass, Nathan. That's all I need to do. The fact that mass attracts mass proves gravitational orbits. So, no, it doesn't. The idea that everything... Yes, it does. You can say... Hold no, on, sorry. Hold on. You can oh, say wait, no, wait, it stop, 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 want, no, no, it no, no, no. Stop interrupting each other. Sorry, no, Nathan. Right, Nathan, you, you can say no, it doesn't. Oh, no, you oh, want, but it does. Oh, no, fight the flat okay. Earth. He was in the middle. Fight the flat Earth. He was in the middle of making his point. Now we have to Sorry. be. Uh, I, I want to be fair to, to both of you, but one side can't be constantly interrupting, and the other side expect not to either. So it's got to be fair. Nathan, continue the point that you're trying to make. You claim mass attracting mass proves everything in space flies horizontally or is perpetually falling around everything else. Now that is not mass attracting mass. So in what way is it not later? Because you don't have any proof of that either, but I want proof 
that gravitational orbits exist with anything other than pointing at the sky, which every ancient civilization who didn't have school and didn't have TV and didn't have NASA to tell them where they live knew that- Right, okay, let me respond, let me respond. Nathan, let me respond before you go off on the diatribe, right? He, he, hold on, uh, Fight the Flat Earth, he wasn't finished. He's just going off on a diatribe. I want to respond to he the point finished. that he's making. Sorry. Every ancient civilization that didn't have TV and public schooling knew the Earth was the center of the universe and the sky was moving around us. Star trails show no progressive movement or alleged orbit around the sun. They only make perfect circles around the northern pole star. And so constellations, we wouldn't even have them if we were blasting through space and there was visible parallax. And I would love to hear what you think happened as a result of Aries' failure experiment. Go ahead. Right, okay. First of all, you're saying, I want you to prove things happening in the sky without pointing to the sky. Don't be fucking ridiculous. The fact that mass Wait. attracts mass. Nathan, I'm responding to you. The fact okay, that ahead. mass attracts mass proves that gravitational orbits are a thing. Okay? All you need to know is that mass attracts mass and that there's a thing called the conservation of momentum. You do understand that there's a thing called the conservation of momentum, right? You keep spouting about the second law of thermodynamics, but what about the first law of thermodynamics and the third law of thermodynamics, all right? You cannot pick and choose science. Conservation of momentum is a thing, and you cannot delight, deny that, right? Star trails, yes, when you're in the northern hemisphere, they all appear to rotate around Polaris. What about when you're in the southern hemisphere and you get them going around Sigma or Tannis? You know, that, again, that's not possible to have two separate things on a flat Earth. So um, in response to your nonsense about I cannot look at the sky to try and explain gravitational orbits, yes, I most certainly can. I bought my daughter a telescope for Christmas and we've been tracking a bunch of stuff in the sky. We can see what is happening that is predictable based on our calculations of knowing that mass attracts mass. Mass attracts mass and that is a fundamental fact of, of, uh, of nature. Uh, I wanna make it clear to you that gravity is not a theory, okay? It is not a theory. There is the theory of gravitational attraction, but gravity is a mathematical law. It is a fact, it is a thing that exists. Mass attracts mass, and that alone explains gravitational orbits when you take into account things like conservation of momentum. Oh, and Polaris right. is moving um, 11.85.01 microseconds a year towards the north. Uh, so it's, you know, Polaris is moving. Someone actually put that in. So thanks for that. Um, allegedly. Okay, so <laughs> no proof on Earth of gravitational orbits, just so all the audiences. So clear. you just ignore what I said. That's fine. Okay. Um, you want me so to prove something in space on Earth? Nathan, well, I can prove that mass attracts mass. That's all I need to do. Okay, well, let's see that. Right, well, Cavendish explains that, and the Cavendish experiment has been done in a vacuum chamber, which I found out after my last debate uh, on, my, on Reg Channel. So um, Cavendish proves that mass attracts mass. And not just that, um, uh, there is, a, I've personally done other experiments like hanging big weights off of a digital scale that can measure up to a thousandth of a degree. And when you add um, a, a large mass to underneath what is hanging, you can see the gravitational attraction actually increase 
however small it is. <coughs> mass attracts mass, and that is a demonstrable fact. If if I could kind of interject here really quick, um, what uh, so throwing this Nathan's way so that we could try to move, uh, you know, you know, move forward a little bit. Uh, so one one of the things that in the past that has been instrumental in knowing the movement of celestial bodies uh, has been the uh, Galileo's observations of the moons around Jupiter, and I mean they're they're called the Galilean moons because he observed them orbiting around Jupiter. So I'm kind of curious, how do you explain? Galileo's observations at that point, and how do you explain the effects that we see, like uh, things dropping and stuff like that? Start with Galileo's observations of the moons around Jupiter, though. Okay, well, I'll say again, every ancient civilization that only had the sky to look at knew the Earth was flat. So according to Galileo and Jupiter's moons going around Jupiter, that proves that all objects in the universe are attracting other objects with to, to center mass. I, I'm not that gullible um, because it works. Can on I can I just respond to that one thing, Nathan? That you said you, you can respond. You can respond when he's yeah. when he's finished. We have to oh, let each other finish out our stupid things. Take notes instead of shot, and you might be better at debating, bro. Okay, so check this out. Uh, and then you asked why things fall. Well, things rise or fall based on the relative density compared to the medium that the object is in. Boom. So massive. There's the magic words. Okay. I look, I, I, listen, I, I don't. Sorry. I don't like getting upset, but I'm I'm really starting to get upset Sorry, because I've asked 900,000 times to, for each other to stop interrupting each other. And, and I fucking mean it this time. Okay, I'm sorry. That's my one pet peeve. Stop interrupting each other. All right, Nathan. Okay, well, Nathan, you didn't actually answer the question. You didn't. You didn't explain the observation of Galileo. You just kind of complained about that being proof of you know uniformity in the universe. I guess, um, which I, I guess you're arguing against uniformity. But anyways, could you just explain straight up, like? Galileo's observations of the moons around Jupiter. Okay, nothing in the sky is a moon or another material body like Earth. Everything you're seeing is a luminary in the sky. And so I've zoomed in on the moons of Jupiter from inside my house with my kitchen window open. And those are allegedly, you know, 600 million miles away. Now, based on angular size of things, do you know how big those moons are? Because in my opinion, I don't think we should be seeing them at all, but they flicker and glow and are self-illuminating. They are not reflecting sunlight. So everything you're looking at is a luminary in the sky, and they rotate around Jupiter because they're set in a particular path to rotate around Jupiter. This idea that all objects are attracting all other objects in space but we have constellations and perfect orbits in the sky that we base our clocks off of, to me, is the definition of the word insane, the inability to perceive reality. So. Okay, so you think that we base our clocks off of stars in the sky? No, the, the, the sun 
rotates around the Earth, perfect 24 hours and 360 degrees. They made up side real days in leap years to compensate for the fact that every six months, if we're on a globe and the Earth had a perfect 24-hour rotation, the daytime would flip to the nighttime every six months because we would be on a different side from the sun. But a better argument that that doesn't happen is that we don't see an entirely different night sky every six months. And we can see Mercury sometimes at night when it's closer to Earth's orbit, to the, closer to the sun than Earth's orbit. It should never be visible at nighttime. And just based on its angular size, that it's 3,000 miles in diameter, should place it out of the perspective of our visible eyesight. So nothing about space is real. The whole solar system is a hoax, guys. Like I'm here to tell you, it's not real. So. Uh, okay. Well, what what about the like? Um, I, I mean, you have independent people that can take a telescope and they can see like a lot of detail, you know, of of like Mars. Let's say uh, you can find video of that. I mean. And it's not self-illuminating or anything like that. Like it, it's just a planet. So, uh, I mean, I, 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 I don't believe you. Whenever you spat all those things, like, what is a luminary? Like, like, what is a luminary to you? You know, that's a good question. I didn't set them in the sky, so I can't tell you exactly how it all works. But I know what we can observe and what we can test, and what we can test. Is Aries failure proof that the stars are moving around the Earth? There's no measurable parallax. That's a fairy tale. The northern star is stationary. And if Fight the Flat Earth wants to believe that it just follows us through the universe, then that's great. But I, I, my claim is that Earth's stationary and that that's the northern pole star. And it's been that way for thousands of years. So... Okay, uh, I mean that's that's really all I had to say. Do um, FTFE? I know that you had a, a pretty big reaction to his um, gravity statement. Do you want to cover oh, there, what he said about? That? There's so many things. First of all, I want to just nip the ancient cultures argument in 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 the bud. A bunch of ancient cultures believed that all oh, your thought process and stuff came from your heart. You know, ancient cultures knew fuck all. That's why they're ancient cultures and they're not around anymore. All right, so stop saying ancient cultures believe something, therefore it must be true. That's so ridiculous and makes you look just as stupid as you actually are. Um, the, again, with the things moving with us throughout the universe, Nathan, it's scale, dude, scale. Things are so far away that they're not going <laughs> to change their relative position in the sky. There's no reason why we should see a completely different night sky six months apart because compared to the rest of the galaxy, we are a tiny, insignificant little speck. So there is no reason why the entire night sky would change when it is so far away. Um, what, what else are we on about? Um, space being fake is so demonstrably untrue. There are so many aspects of our life that revolve around space being an actual thing. You can say that all information is done through under, uh, undersea cables and stuff, but that is just not true. Um, I don't know what you want to show me in that book, but go, go ahead because you seem quite desperate to do it. Um, what book is that, first of all? Well, 
So based on, let's talk about how far everything is away, because I was really hoping you'd bring up that argument, because I can zoom in on all the stars and see detail with my $1,000 telescope or, or P1000 that I bought at Best Buy, but that's not my argument. Hold on, before you get triggered. Uh, what I wanted to say was the sun takes up half of one degree of our sky, and it's allegedly 93 million miles away, and the light takes eight minutes to travel from the sun to get to Earth on the globe model. Now, if you move the sun away twice that distance to 180,000 miles, it now goes from half a degree in our sky to a quarter of a degree. Now you move it away again, twice that distance. It goes from a quarter of a degree to point one two five of a degree and then you go again and dude you wouldn't even be able to see it and you're only at a light hour and you're telling me that all these stars are light years or millions of light years away now even andromeda yes nathan only Andromeda even andromeda is only 400 times larger than the sun but it's allegedly light years away and you think we could see that with our naked eye yes nathan because light doesn't just arbitrarily stop for no reason the light is still going to reach us we're still going to see a speck in the sky because we are still seeing the light that has been traveling for those millions of years why would you just why would you not be able to see something if the light is still traveling the angular size is obviously extremely bloody small because of how far away it is but they appear as bright lights in the sky because they're in the sky and the light is reaching us of course we're going to be able to see the light there's no reason the light would arbitrarily just stop and not reach our eyes okay let me try one more time the sun which is eight hundred thousand miles in diameter which if it was above our heads would take up the entire sky you move it away 93 million miles and it's half of one degree of our sky you move it twice that distance it's 0.25 of a degree a quarter of a degree of our sky you move it away again and it's a quarter of a quarter or an eighth of a degree of our sky you move it away again and dude you're not even at a light hour and you wouldn't even be able to see the sun at a light hour and you're telling okay, me okay again again they sorry i thought you stopped again why would you not be able to see it the light is still getting to you what don't you understand because about that the light is still getting to you if the light is getting to you and it's hitting your retinas your brain are going to change that into a signal and show you something no matter how far away it is the light is still getting to you what do you not understand about that one simple fact Okay, what I'm trying to say is if the sun's this big and you move it... Oh, twice, do not just repeat what you're saying again, this, Nathan. Oh, Don't do that. I've oh, just told you the answer. Let, let's, argument, let's, let's try to let him talk, okay? My argument is that eventually it gets out of distance and you wouldn't be able to see it at like a light... Let's just call it a light week. You wouldn't be able to see anything okay, again, other than a light... Why wouldn't you be able to see it? Why would you not be able to oh. see the light? Well, let me explain one more time. Takes up half a degree. You just repeating yourself is so ridiculous. Oh, hold on. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, listen. Kyle has said it a lot of times. I'm going to say it. We we got to let each other finish what we're talking about. But I'm wondering, 
like Nathan, could you? I, I maybe I missed it or something, but could you explain what to you like a light year or a light minute or what? How, could you explain that particular like measurement? Yeah, well, I mean, none of us have ever measured the speed of light personally, so we're all going off like accepted, you know, scientific uh, uh, values, but. And, and I think personally that light travels at different speeds depending on the medium that it's in. But also light follows an inverse square law. So not only does the light not like infinitely travel forever and ever, but the, 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 how bright it is would dissipate inversely. Um, so what that means is that you get twice the distance from the star and it's only one fourth as bright as it was when you were half the distance. So it gets exponentially harder and harder to see the farther away it is. But just based on the angular size, guys, the sun is only like the size of a little dime in the sky, and it's 93 million miles away. Now, and it takes eight minutes for that light to reach us according to the globe. Move it away so that the light takes 16 minutes, and you're at uh, a quarter of a degree of our sky. Move it away so that the light takes 30 minutes to get to us, and you're at an eighth of a degree of our sky. Move it away so the light takes an hour. And you're at 0 0.08 of a degree of our sky and you're not you're at a light hour, not even a light day or a light week. And you guys think everything is light years away. And I can show you videos that I've taken of the luminaries um, and they're absolutely brilliant. They're, they're transforming and they have different colors that they spit off. I don't know exactly what they are, but they're definitely not balls of gas light years away. That's for sure. Right. Okay. First off, Nathan, your P1000 isn't a telescope, so stop treating it as such. Um, secondly, no one says that the stars are balls of gas. They're nearly perfect balls of plasma with a fusion core. Um, so uh, please understand the model you're arguing against in the first place. Um, you don't understand the, fact, well, the simple fact that I'm saying here. Light isn't going to arbitrarily stop for no reason. Right? Light just doesn't stop traveling. What, what are you trying to show us here, Nathan? Kyle, can you full screen me? Yeah, they've... Thanks, Dave. They will get you just. Can you guys see that? Yeah, Kyle, and that's Dave. wonderfully out that's of focus not... camera work. Well done. What do you mean out of focus? Look how brilliant that looks. Look how detailed that looks. You're going to tell me that. Yeah, and if you get yeah. a telescope and actually look at it with something that's supposed to be used for that, then it looks nothing like that when it's properly in focus, Nathan. You're using Wait, an incorrect tool for something it's not in, supposed to be used for. Your P1000 is not a telescope. Stop using it as such. Simple. So, um, well, if this isn't a telescope and this isn't good footage, then show me your footage that's better. Fight the flat earth. Like, Any of the footage it? taken with telescopes. We've got telescopes in space that are designed just to take footage of stars. I'm going to trust the equipment that has been developed for the job at hand, Nathan, not a P1000, which is not developed to look at the stars. The P1000 is not a telescope. Please stop using it as such. 
tell you what to do is get a telescope and record what you're seeing in the telescope with your P1000 that way. Then you will actually get an image of what you're looking at. That, again, that's a fantastic, nice aberration of light, whatever happening with your camera, because it's not designed to look at the stars. So the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. And so... Yeah, nowhere, in the, in, nowhere in the Bible does it say the earth's flat. Uh, well, in Sorry. the second verse, Genesis 1, verse 2, says that God moved over the face of the waters. Now, you asked me what my proof of, of flat earth, um, and I said large bodies of water don't curve because the, they have a face. So I don't know what you think a ball would have a face, or God would say he moves over the face of a ball. But to me, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So yeah, right, Let, let's have, leave you, the Bible out of this completely, Nathan, because nowhere in the Bible does it say the earth is flat. The, the Bible is not a science book and should not be included in these conversations. All right. So we'll I don't care what you think God said. I don't care what you think God said in any way, shape or form, because that's out of a, a little book that is not designed to help us figure out what shape the planet is. We should leave that to the tools that have been developed to do such things. Now, if you want to tell me that space is fake, then I'm going to want an explanation of everything that's happened in space. I'm not going to talk about NASA in any way. All the other agencies around the world. Why, why are they showing the same things? Why has China okay, so just landed a, a lander on the dark side of the moon? Um, and why have they also got a lunar orbiter that has confirmed the places that America landed? Do you think if China were going to fake space, they would disprove that America went to the moon? Right? You have to personally disprove to me every single photograph and every single video ever from space, including the ones taken um, like before NASA or anything was invented, uh, including the blue marble from 1972, which was... A single photograph and had nothing to do with CGI. You're also going to have to explain the Himari A and all the accurate observations that it made, including the fact that in 2013 it spotted a wildfire on the Mongolia-China border and was able to track it and monitor it and save an entire bunch of villages because of that observation from space that no one else would have ever have seen. So you can't tell me that fake, the space, space is fake unless you can personally disprove everything that has ever come from all the science and stuff around space travel. Can you do that? Because if just um, one of those things are true, if just one single picture or one single video is true, it just blows everything you ever say out of the water. Um, so you brought up the blue marble. Do you know who was the artist for the blue marble? No, I'm talking about the one from 1972, not the one taken in 2012. Oh, so you're 1972 Blue Marble was not an, an, an artist. 1972 Blue Marble was taken with a camera. It is one shot. Kyle, could you pull up that picture on a full screen for us, please, so we can analyze it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Dave, can you uh, pull up a picture of the um, 1972 Blue Marble? Please. I mean, if we're going to claim I'm that get, that's I'm the real it. photo Give of Earth. Give me a second. It'll take just a second. So. 
Father, if you have anything, you want to say why he does that? Hats off to the moderators. You guys are awesome today, dude. Just want to let you guys know. And Kyle, you're looking dapper. Nathan, that's for sure. Thank you. I think GE looks. Uh, I love that beanie. Um, do you do you sell those GE? Uh, well, yeah, I've got I've got a few here. Uh, I think like maybe two or three, and they generally sell for about I think it's like twenty five dollars, maybe. Uh, nice. twenty five bucks is how much it costs. Because I mean, I had to pay like you know a lot of money just to get just to get a few of these made. So where can people uh, find this? Kind of uh, they would have to contact me. <laughs> okay. Right. I want one. So, All right, Dave. Um, uh, good to go. Kyle, I just want to say that I'm, I'm sorry for being irate. I've been in a bad mood all week since what happened. So um, it is also 5 o'clock in right. the morning here. So my apologies. That's all right. I just um, – people can't – you know, they, they can't understand two people talking at, at one time. So I, they – just for everybody's sake, um, just try to be respectful of that. But it's fine. Um, Nathan, Nathan, there's your picture. Yeah, Great. so that's so, yeah, that's yeah, that is the 1972 one. So this is uh, Planet Africa, and on the other side of this blue marble, we're gonna have Europe, North America, South America, Australia, and Asia. On the other side of that blue marble, are you telling me that there's six continents on the other side of that picture? Yes. Wow. Wow. Okay. Excellent. And. So where are the, you think that's a real picture? That's your real picture of Earth? Fight the flat Earth? That's what you got? Yes, Nathan. Unless you can tell me in 1972 what computer imagery could create that, I'd love to know. Because there was no CGI or computer imagery in 1972. That was taken with a Hasselblad camera. An actual physical, like, film. Not digital or anything. It was a physical, actual thing. Okay, well, so like, uh, where, just, what in Nathan, 1972 could have made that? Nathan, uh, do you want to point out what what I see, or do you want to point it out? Do you see what I see? I don't. I don't know if, if you. Uh, that's what I, I wasn't going to point out anything actually on the blue marble, but using no. the awesome information that we got from the CGI expert that we had on the show. Uh, yeah, I ran it through the ELA um, photoforensics.com uh, analysis tool, and this particular the a high res version of this photo, um, it does not show any markers of manipulation or anything like that. This is an original photo; uh, it has not been manipulated in any kind of way. Um, at well, least but according there, to there the is ELA. one manipulation there in oh. the orientation of it. Obviously, the actual and, and original photo was taken. It was upside down because of where the way they were. The only thing that he's talking about there is well, the orientation. The, uh, of the, he's, he's talking about the, the signature of it. Uh, fight the flat Earth. The um, yeah, the yeah. ELA signature. I just wanted I just wanted to make sure Nathan didn't have anything to jump on. Well, so and, yeah, and I would point that's out too. Been analyzed. And, and hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, uh, Nathan. On that picture, you know that um, like Europe is not going to be on the other side. Europe is up into the right of that picture it's, it's above what you're seeing in africa so it's actually on that technically on that side on this side it looks like half it looks like half of it's on this side and the other half will be on the other side mm -hmm. but then you got to have asia north america south america and australia on the other side of that globe 
Now, forget that there's no satellites and no stars. Just the fact that it's a picture of Africa, in my opinion, debunks the whole thing. You're not seeing enough of Earth's landmasses for that to be a real picture of the globe. Well, Nathan, with respect, that's been disproved many, many times. Like, um, literally, young blue skeptic, who is a 14-year-old boy, took some photos of his globe from different positions across his room, showing that, based on how <coughs> far away and how zoomed in a picture is, can make it look exactly like that. And there are you, stars you, in the You're misunderstanding just to, just, just how, how scale and stuff works. There are stars in the background. Uh, yeah. And also okay. in 1972, there were less than a, um, a thousand satellites in orbit. I think actually less than 700 from, from what I was doing my research. So um, you're not going to see a, a satellite. That, that, they were literally three quarters of the way to the moon when they took that 180,000 um, miles away. So they were a, a long way away. The, the, the moon was like a tiny speck. The, sorry, the Earth was a tiny speck to them. So... That is perfectly explainable how you can get that much of what it is on one side of the globe. All you need to do yourself is get a globe and take some pictures of one side from different positions away. And you will see that the, rel you know, the relative positions of the landmass has changed based on how far away you are and taking the photo. You can have two photos side by side exactly the same of North America looking massive in one and small in the other, yet the globe is the same size. And that's because one would be taken close and one would be taken further away, but then just zoomed in. So you can get different relative land masses based on how far away the picture has been taken from. Nathan, um, do you have anything in your car that you could, uh, like a piece of paper or something that you could crumble up real quick? Yeah, I got a piece of paper I can crumble up. Into a, all right, crumble up uh, a piece of paper up into a ball like this. Just crumble up into a ball. A now hold it, hold it out from you, hold it out from you, and take a look and, and look at it. Are you seeing fifty percent yeah, okay. of that? Are you seeing fifty percent of that ball straight on? I mean, or would you say less than fifty? In other words, almost like a cube. There'd be four sides to it. Right. I'm not following that argument there. But hear, hear me out, real quick, guys. You think the only real picture of Earth was taken 40 or 50 years ago? That's hilarious. No, 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 no. Cell phone every two no. years. Technology updating every two years. Wait, hey, fight the flat Earth. You gotta stop. Just take another shot or something, but you can't interrupt me. Okay? So check this out. <laughs> what you just said phone, was so they update, they update cell phones every two years, guys. Did NASA lose the technology to take a picture of the Earth from space in the last 40 years? Come on, dude. Come on. That's honestly okay. your guys' argument is we have a picture no. 40 years ago of the Earth. Okay, there is many, many, many more pictures of the entire Earth. There's one taken every five seconds by the Himawari 8. Um, the... There was um, the, the the classic image that you guys show of all the pictures of the globe. Three of those images, I actually took it apart in one of my recent vi videos. Three of those images are entire pictures of the globe. Some from Discover Satellite uh, and some from Himawari 8 and obviously the original Blue Marble. So no, there isn't just one photo of the Earth. There is many, 
many photographs of just the earth that are not composites. I love for this debate to stay strictly science. You using NASA is like me using the Bible to prove the shape of the I Earth. I didn't because... use NASA. Himwari 8 is JAXA. Okay, well, all the space companies have signed the Space Treaty and the Antarctic Treaty. Look it up. And they all have vector symbols in the logos for the space companies. Do you know what a vector symbol is? Fight the flat Earth? Yes, but that's totally not relevant as to what logo they have. What's a vector symbol? What's that got to do with this, Nathan? What okay, like well, the UN has the UN has a map of uh, the flat. You know, what you say is the flat Earth map. That's not a signal or anything. That is just a fact that it's a way to show all of the plant, all of the countries in one thing. The United Nation is what, 178 countries with three member states that aren't in it. So the only way that you could actually display all those things on a logo is by using a topographic project projection of a globe like that saying that the way, they've, we've got, got they've about, got we've got about 10 minutes left i just want to interject um, before i have to okay. start reading super chats because we're almost at an hour and a half so just keep that in mind with any last minute statements that you want to make we've got about 10 minutes left in the uh, uh please, in the so don't, don't go with the whole conspiracy thing don't go with the whole oh they've got logos this and that because it's just nonsense nathan and it actually brings nothing to the debate yes i am going to keep the debate about science because science demonstrably proves that you are a fucking moron how do you prove the earth moves how do i prove the earth moves i don't need to bob from globebusters did that for me well, that's interesting that you say that because I called Bob earlier today and had a conversation with him. I'd like you to explain to me how Bob proved the Earth moves. Well, with his um, nice gyroscope that he tried to hide in a box to uh, get hide from the heavenly energies and then still managed to register a 15 degree per hour shift. So, um, yeah, using that nice fancy gyroscope of his, he proved that there's a 15 degree per hour shift. And we all know the okay. ether isn't real, so it didn't measure anything of that. So we all, we also Bob, we also saw yeah. how Bob was actually talking with people, trying to go, "Oh, this looks really bad for flat Earth." And in the next clip, he's going about, "Oh yes, well, I'm not going to accept that answer. We're going to try and explain it with a different way." Bob, so how, do, how, how do you explain that? Very uh, well. What how, how do you explain that, Nathan? Yeah, of course. Well, I spoke to Bob earlier today. Like I said, one. You don't have a clue what you're talking about because Bob doesn't even own a ring laser or fiber optic gyroscope. That was someone else's gyroscope. They misrepresented him in the behind the curve video, just like they misrepresented our experiment at the Salton Sea. So what's going on is the ring laser gyroscope and also what was actually used. It's not a ring laser, so you should stop saying that. It was a fiber optic uh, gyroscope. They're optically set. They're calibrated using optics. So they, what happened was they detected a 15 degree movement and didn't figure out for a week until after they had already filmed that with behind the curve that what was going on was they detected the 15 degree movement of the luminary bodies in the sky. They did not detect any movement of earth. And that's why when Mickelson Gale did his experiment back in the day, they followed that up with the Aries failure. Aries failed his experiment because he was trying to pr prove the earth moved and all he could prove was that the stars were moving and that there was no parallax so you guys are misrepresenting Bob saying he has a ringling 
ring laser gyroscope. He doesn't even have one. And he never proved the Earth moves. He proved that the sky moves. And that's all proved. So. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. Okay, listen. Um, so, for one, no, Behind the Curve did not misrepresent Bob. They presented a clear, un uncut view, uh, uncut audio of him talking about measuring the 15-degree shift. And uh, per hour, fifteen degree per hour shift. Now it it's really irrelevant as to whether or not Bob owns this ring laser gyroscope. Bob used a ring laser gyroscope in order to perform the experiment. Now the question that I want to hear, uh, the question that I want answered from you, Nathan, since you have this direct contact with Bob, is that. Um, how exactly does the heavens or the heavenly energies, as Bob, I'm, I'm quoting Bob here from the actual video or documentary, how do the heavens, the heavenly energies affect gyroscopes on Earth? I would love to know the connection between that. Like, how does, how do the heavens directly affect a gyroscope on the Earth? Well, it's not a gyroscope, it's a ring laser or fiber optic gyro, and those are optically calibrated. If you look at a regular gyroscope, the gimbal base on a regular gyroscope never rotates 15 degrees when placed on a table around a gyroscope. That right there should prove the Earth's not moving around this gyroscope, keeping its position. Um, but it's Nathan, do you know? Do you, hold on, Nathan. I got to stop you. I'm sorry. I know I'm interrupting you, but I got to stop you. Do you know why you. they use the ring laser gyroscope? Yeah, they use them for flying airplanes. No, no, no. I'm saying Bob. Do you know why Bob used the ring laser gyroscope? No, Bob never did anything with a ring laser gyroscope. That was an experiment someone else did, and he got the results from it. We we watched the video of him it doing doesn't it. Doesn't matter. He presented the findings, okay? It doesn't matter who actually physically performed the experiment. Do you know why these fucks used a ring laser gyroscope? No, I mean, you know? I mean, I called him earlier. I didn't ask him. Yes, I do he know. It's, high, it's, it's got a high precision. That's why they used it so that so that they could detect whether or not the Earth was actually moving. So if you don't know the actual connection between these heavenly energies and this gyroscope physically on fucking Earth, then you have no proof. You have no proof, Nathan. If you can't explain that connection, Nathan, I can just point out about Paul. I talked to Bob today, and he said you can take the experiment one of two ways. You can proof the sky moves or you could say it's proof the earth moves but you have to follow it up with the the aries failure because aries failure proved unequivocally that the sky is moving and the earth is stationary that's why it was no, a no, failure no. no 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 sorry sorry you're demonstrably wrong about aries failure but first of all bob why would you trust anything that bob says when he's been proven to to demonstrably to be a liar like uh, about his flying qualifications and stuff. I, my well, you've just said that, that you've got this information from Bob, and okay. Bob's clearly not to do, a um, sore. Listen, I don't the think we're, we're going to have to do. We're going to have to do last minute. Um, right. Okay. Well, uh, let me just no. respond to Harry's failure then quickly. Uh, you, 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 right. can, you can do it. In, you can do it in your final thought. But we're doing final thoughts yeah, now yeah, because sure. I have to get to. I have to get to super chats. We're already pushing uh, over an hour and a half. Um, so Nathan, 
do you want to uh, start out with your final thoughts or last minute statements, anything that you want to uh, add that you didn't get to um, tonight? Yeah, true. True that. Appreciate the time and the platform. Join the official Flat Earth and Globe discussion on Facebook. Add all your friends. The truth is incontrovertible. Malice may attack it. Ignorance may deride it. But in the end, there it is. The definition of the word insane is the inability to perceive reality. Once you go flat, you never go back. You guys are fighting a losing battle. I'm sorry to say. Take another shot. Cheers, brother. It's been an honor being on the show. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. No problem. All right. Fight Flat Earth. Right. Well, first of all, Ari's failure, actually, um, it, it was more about testing the stellar aberration than, than anything else. And the, the conclusion of, of Ari's failure was that there was no aether. And that was all that Ari's failure actually ended up doing. So um, that, that is an actual... I've done an entire video on Ari's failure and explained all the findings and that and everything. So... Um, it, yeah, if everyone wants to join Nathan's Facebook group, that's great. But the second you try and question anything, I guarantee you'll be banned because that's exactly what happens. It is just an echo chamber. Um, I hope that I've demonstrated Nathan's ignorance here. I hope that I've demonstrated Nathan's ignorance here because that's what I intended to do tonight. Um, Nathan doesn't understand any of the sciences he claims to try and disprove. He doesn't understand the model that he's arguing against. And he doesn't understand that the Bible is not a science book and definitely not something that you should base your life on. Um, definitely not something that you should use to try and decide what the shape of the earth is. Regardless of that, nowhere in the Bible does it say the earth is flat. Um, you can take it as you want, but there is no actual words, the earth is flat. So I really just wish that you would stop using that as an argument for flat earth in the first place. There is no evidence to suggest the earth is flat. All the evidence when you actually follow through with the actual proper evidence and reasoning and understanding will lead you to the only conclusion. Uh oh, did we lose FTFE? Yes, we did. We lost FTFE. I didn't smart lose. and I don't understand that. So yeah, um, don't listen to Flat Earth. Do your own research. But um, the one thing that you said about once you're flat, you never go back. I've interviewed three ex-flat earthers and I've got four more lined up. So once again, completing our bullshit from Nathan. Okay. Um, thank you. Thanks both to you guys um, for coming on and joining us. I will now read lay super chats um the uh the athens 619 funding for uh no potato device thank you very much athens uh 619 bombay said that that intro theme gets me turned i agree ghostly enigma well another dipshit for the roaster grinder uh thank you for your super chat dapper dino uh uh follow Oh, Facult Pendulums, uh, Facult Pendulums um, don't work during eclipses. Citation needed. Also, uh, let me moderate Raw versus Nephi. Uh, if that ever happens, I will. Uh, I think um, Arn was in a, a little bit of a good mood, but I don't think normally he would agree to uh, to bait Nephi. Uh, Mac HD, this is already a dumpster fire. Kyle, get the gloves. Got them. Uh, design Song 1, why do Flat Earthers waste, why do flat earthers waste their time here? 
Will rival countries not pay them to dispute U.S. intel pics of their nuke sites as fake because satellites don't exist? Thank you for your super chat. Uh, Ghostly Enigma. Well, that's a shit ton of, of bullshit for, for what's... For what, a full 60 seconds? Asking for anything new or actual proof was pointless. Uh, FTFE, you knew he had just the usual for bullshit. Oracula says, uh, I've met people with head trauma who understand more complex concepts than uh, a flat earther. Geo Garogini <laughs> C says, uh, give this to Nathan uh, for the sponge bath at the 7-Eleven. Who's your atheist said, I'm sorry, I'm going to let the uh, I want the idiot and the and fight the flat earth finish, but Kyle is damn sexy tonight. And thank you, who's your atheist? Appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> Melissa Calendaro says, uh, freaking laser beams points pinky at mouth. Oh, freaking laser beans. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, Vic Tunes Entertainment, uh, tell it to the flatties. Gravity's real curvature is there if you look at what reflex, refraction really is. Oh, and level doesn't mean flat. Uh, Hugh Han Rodick said, Sydney and I have made non sequitur a favorite tradition. Keep up the great work, Kyle and Steve. P.S. Great suit, Kyle. Thank you very much, Nutan. I'm glad that you found us. Uh, Sean Hawkins, why is Nathan's God so feeble that he couldn't create a globe with its own gravity? There's a good question. Why couldn't God create a, uh, a globe of gravity? Or are you just saying he just well, didn't? It's not that he could. It's that he says that he holds all things together, and he could create a force that attracts all objects to all other objects, but it's not observable in the known universe. It remains a vain religious superstition. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Jason, uh, Polaris is moving uh, at 11, plus or minus point, uh, 10. <clears throat> uh, whoa. I don't even know what that last set, that, that next word is. I'm sorry. Either that or I'm, I'm tired. Uh, years towards the north and 44.48 east. Try seeing that difference in a year. Just Laughing says, this confirms... Uh, uh-oh, Nathan. This confirms you're an idiot. We'll proudly wear your Air Force slash NASA shield uniform hoping that he will show up at my local Starbucks. Come at me, bro. He wants to meet you in Starbucks. Yeah, Nathan, um, ne next time you feel like um, having a go at a NASA employee... Please make it Buzz Aldrin, because when he punches you in the face, I'm going to start a GoFundMe for his court fees. All right? That's all right. I, I saw that video. I saw that, I saw that video. of uh, Yeah. It's Buzz a fucking Aldrin. disgusting yeah. thing to do, and you should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, you okay. All right. Well, all right. All right. All right, guys. Uh, uh, you've, taken, you've taken your shots at each other. Um, in the, in the debate, let's uh, let's 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 go up for the super chats now, so that we can close out and uh, not have any more casualties. All right, um, just laughing. Said, um, sorry, Robbie P says when Nathan when Nathan smile means when Nathan smiles, it means he stopped listening and he will just repeat the question. When a good point is presented, smile, ignore, and restart. Um, Justin James Human says, "Have Nathan explain uh, prograde and retrograde motion." Do you want to uh, do that, Nathan? Yeah, well, everything in the sky is just in tracks. Uh, I didn't make the sky, so but we, it's proof that mass attracting mass is not happening because we have perfect synchronous constellation orbits. All that stuff happens with a firmament and everything locked in the firmament. Okay. Uh, MacHD, ask, uh, ask Nathan to prove sunrise and sunset on flat Earth. Yeah, well, I think I you think did that I went with over the, green, the green flash. Yeah, I think that covered yeah. it pretty well. Guys, the, the smaller wavelengths are getting uh, held up by the atmosphere first. So even though the sun's above the horizon, the green appears on top of the sun. 
if the sun was below the horizon, the purple, the, the blue, the green would be held up first and they would appear below the sun on the bottom. Just research it. It might not make sense to you right away, but I spoke about it on my speech in Denver if you want to look more into it, okay? And then uh, there's the flat earth response with a picture. You don't hide it up close, closer? It needs. Okay. It's just explaining uh, about the fact that he doesn't understand how light works. All right. Uh, Jared Hall says, uh, can Nathan present an equation to calculate for the downward acceleration of an object, given the density of an object and the medium that it's in? Yeah, well, just take the 9.8, take everything you know about why objects fall and quit pretending it's because the Earth's a big ball. There you go. And then the next one um, from, <laughs> from Design Song 1 says, Nathan, predict any celestial event without using gravity. I assume you'd have the same sort of response to that. No, well, the astrolabes have been around for, for longer than the globe has, and they were made to predict all the movements of the celestial bodies, and they work just fine on a flat Earth. They haven't had to recalibrate them or anything. So my, my what I would say would be an astrolabe. Take a look at an astrolabe. It's basically like the first computer that was ever designed, and it was to detect movement of planetary bodies. Sorry, same same thing with the sextant. That literally only works on a globe because it uses the angle of things in the sky based on your latitude. So there is literally, you say it, it you know, it, it only started work. It was always a globe, Nathan. There was never a point where it wasn't a globe. It works because the Earth is a globe. Again, I'm a sailor. Got it. I know how these things work. Um, All right. Uh, the next one is from uh, K KB Zero Parsi. Uh, fight the flat Earth. I need to find a way to reach out to you to help with the uh, recent events. Keep up the good work. My question is for Nathan. I have observed Saturn, Jupiter, Jupiter's moon, uh, Orion, Nebula, Andromeda. Are my eyes lying to me? No, actually, I mean, um, the fact that you can makes way more sense on a flat earth because one the angular size but i've viewed saturn from my house too inside my home and saturn's completely illuminated now they tell you that saturn's a ball of gas with rock ring rock rotating around it one that defies this idea that that all mass is attracting mass because you've got the gas core with the rocks in the ring on the outside this is the opposite of how the earth works the earth has a rock core and has the gases and liquids around the outside but saturn's the opposite but if you look at saturn through a telescope it's not what they say it is it's a light and it's clearly it's on my youtube if you'd like to see my video the whole thing is illuminated it's a luminary it is not reflecting sunlight so okay nathan i would um, love to hear you explain how telescopes work and how exactly when you zoom into shit shit gets bigger Yeah, I mean, well, you're just increasing the optics. I mean, you're just magnifying what you're looking at. I, I mean, I don't design or build telescopes, so that's and not my area. And thus, it gets fucking bigger, Nathan. So the angular size of it using your eyes from the face of the Earth isn't so much going to matter. Like, I get that the oh, angular you... size is small from the face of the fucking Earth here, but when you use a goddamn telescope and you enlarge this shit... It doesn't matter what angular size it is from the face of the fucking earth. Okay. Um, just want to respond to the person who said to, to reach out to me. Thank you very much. My email is fight the flat earth uh, at gmail.com. 
All right. Uh, Moyakau86 says, I have no idea how the heck you, uh, you you deal with this. How can Nathan say that the insanity is the inability to see reality without irony? Uh, Knockdown Wheel asks Nathan why I can't see Orion during the summer months up in northern Canada. Uh, Gregory Schmidt says, a P-1000 is not a telescope. We've, we mentioned that in the um, show. Apophtic in, uh, NZ says, Nathan, actually just making random stuff up. Uh, the Athens 619, if you look up the definition of Dunning-Kruger, uh, Nathan, you'll be there. Uh, Jen Morgan said, Nathan, you need to learn that disability and inadequacies are not shared by others. The rest of the world uh, is smart. Uh, Salomon 109, thank you for bringing Nathan on. Nathan, uh, Flat Earth, Nathan is the Flat Earth champion. Uh Godless engineer, please don't help fight the flat earth. Fight the flat earth needs you to put his big boy pants on without help. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, K KBO Parsi says, Nathan, how do you explain my observation of Jupiter's moon going around Jupiter over seven several months without gravity? Why do they go around Jupiter? You kind of you kind of you, you kind of alluded to that earlier. Um, Moikayu eighty six said. Uh, the sky is on tracks like i didn't build it so like you know if yeah. you look at a clock unless you opened up the watch it'd be kind of hard to determine like how the minute hand's moving and how the hour is moving but you can tell what time it is by looking at it yeah so you can tell what things are looking at them how it all worked i don't know kyle hopefully one day we'll figure it out bro and i appreciate you being the only one to remain level-headed and not curse on this show thank you oh i i've i've done pl i'm doing plenty of cursing in my head i'm just I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it all call, all up here. Um, and Nathan, uh, will you unblock me on your Facebook group? Yeah, bro, we'll unblock you. We'll unblock anyone who asks for a second shot. No problem, dude. Well, I I'm, I personally okay. messaged you about five times, and you saw the messages and never responded to me. So, you know, just, just actually unblock me, and that'd be great. Fight the flat earth. There we go. 90% of the time on Facebook, I'm blocked from facebook for no good reason i don't curse i don't insult people i'm freaking church choir boy on sunday when i'm on facebook and i'm blocked all the time so i might have seen your message yeah, and just couldn't have responded and don't take it personal don't get offended it's not that i'm ignoring you i just can't respond sometimes so well look we're on a positive note you'll, you'll be unblocked fight the fighter look see kumbaya all right we've just got a couple more um Mokayo 86 says, but my holy book, Harry SK says, it's contradictory that flat earth needs gravity to be proven and distrust NASA yet in an invisible, yet believe in an invisible man that lives in the clouds. Uh, Scrat the skeptic squirrel says, where is greater sapien? Um, I am not sure, uh, but we do love greater sapien here. Um, I just don't keep tabs on him. Uh, Tim Pryor, uh, ask why he thinks he's smarter than all the world's geniuses, scientists, historians, astrophysicists, and astronomers. Aussie Sailing said, Nathan, have you been to Antarctica? Go there and experience 24 hours of sunlight. Go there and see the truth. Uh, Brian Stevens says, watching Nathan laugh. He knows himself. He's full of shit. And Scratch the Skeptic Squirrel says, the definition of insanity is repeating experiments multiple times, having them fail, and experience. We're expecting different results. Um, and then the last one here says, uh, Nathan, uh, what degrees do you hold and what have you studied? So if you want to answer that, that would be. Yeah, okay. So my argument is that degrees hold no value in a scientific discussion because they're lying in okay. the schools. So okay. About well, 
We should just we should just stop right there, Nathan. I'm uh, I, I'm just going to stop you right there um, because that's 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 not that's not true. Um, Tim Pryor says, "Ask him why him and flat earthers think that they are smarter than all the world's geniuses, astrophysics historians." I I did I, I read that, Tim. I don't think I'm uh, smarter, uh, but the thing is, is all the leading researchers and scientists are in my group, and we're proving the Earth is flat. So you should jump in there in the uh, official flat earthing discussion. Uh, yeah, well, um, all right. Uh, thank you both for uh, for joining us tonight. Uh, that was a uh, a late one, but thank you for sticking with us. Uh, GE, anything that you'd like to uh, plug that you got coming up? Anything you want to add, say, um, that sort of thing? Uh, no, I mean, I just got my regular videos that are posting the rest of this week. Uh, Monday, we're talking mythicism. Tuesday's a uh, Bible podcast. And Wednesday's a special edition of comments. So... I hope that you okay. guys will uh, come by, subscribe, and do that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, guys, make sure that you, if you want to get in more into the debate, uh, Nathan Thompson has a Facebook group. Uh, we will link it in the description. So uh, if you want to get all that, uh, Fight the Flat Earth. We'll be uploading videos on Red's channel, I believe. Yeah. Um, I can still put videos on my channel, but nothing more than um, I can't do any streams or anything at the moment. So, um and can I, can I just say to everyone that has reached out to support me, um, thank you very, very much, because it, it means a, a great deal. Um, this is what I'm doing to support me and my family now. So when I got that strike, it, it fucking terrified me, and the support has you know, really, really meant a lot. So thank you. Excellent. And um, uh, they want me to plug the Discord, yes. Uh, I, I, one of my mods will or actually there it is now. There's a link to the Discord in the in the uh, live chat. If you're not a member, join. We'll keep the discussion going. At this time, we're gonna let um, I solve the uh, I solve the the uh, the whims of a musical device pop up in the uh, in the window. So we will let uh, GE take us out as only GE can. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern for Kent Hovind. Take us out, GE. Later, brawl. Later, guys. <laughs> See you, bud. Bye, Nathan. The Earth isn't flat. Gravity exists. You can't explain that shit with density and buoyancy. You need gravity for density and buoyancy. Good night, heathens. Good night. Wow. That was fantastic.